Hi, folks. Brad Heineck, physical therapist. Hi, I'm Chris, the pharmacist. And today we've got a really good issue or uh, topic to talk about. Chris is actually going to say it because I cannot pronounce the uh, the medications very well. So go ahead, Chris. All right. So we're going to talk about a couple of antidepressants. One is called fluoxetine. Other than the brand name is Prozac. And the second one is called sertraline under the brand name of Zoloft. Sertraline. Sertraline. Yep. And so basically, we're going to use that for depression, and we're going to kind of talk about the benefits and side effects and kind of what to watch for over time when we're taking these medications. Right. And the goal is so that you understand what these meds, how they work, how to take them, things that maybe you don't feel comfortable about. But once you learn, I think what Chris has to say, it's going to open up a lot of information when you're educated on something the whole, everything can change. Yeah. Hopefully, we're going to help a lot of people. So Chris, being the pharmacist, I'm going to be the patient. I come in with my, from the doctor with my prescription on paper. You know, obviously I can't read it because you can never read those prescriptions. Uh, he says I've got some depression things. I'm not excited about this. I'm a little apprehensive that I want to start taking these meds because I don't know. Uh, I heard bad things about that. Sure. And Chris is going to address this. And this is something that Chris does very well professionally as a pharmacist, better than other pharmacists I've been to, for sure. So I think it's going to be helpful. So here we go, Chris. I, I need this medication. All right. Well, hey, Brad. I see you uh, had a visit with your doctor. And I guess just for the quick purposes of the conversation, fluoxetine and sertraline are antidepressants. They're serotonin reuptake inhibitors, which that's the class of drug they're in. The consult that I'll perform on both of these is kind of the same for both medications. So, so wait, the fluoxetine? Fluoxetine or sertraline. And I've heard those called other names. Zoloft and Prozac. Prozac is fluoxetine and Zoloft is sertraline. You know, I got a little gray hair and stuff. And those terms I do remember. And that Prozac one, I... So what you're saying, they're the same medication, but different names? They do the same thing. I would kind of consider them kind of like Coke and Pepsi. So how they're colas... They have little nuances that are a little bit different, but for the most part, they're generally used for the same type of thing. So for depression, anxiety, uh, there's certain things that women take with their menstrual cycles. So there's a couple different, but we're going to focus on depression exclusively. Okay. So these two things, because a doctor talked to me about both of them and he decided I'm going to go on uh, this one, but he makes it or he yeah. or she yeah will will look at my the, history the doctor is going to diagnose the patient so you went in and you visited your doctor brad and and you just you had some sort of conversation to the amount of where i just you know i'm just not feeling right things just aren't quite going my way i'm just down i, I i'm sleeping all the time but i don't feel like i have any rest i, I just I, I feel really awful and really this this season right now with COVID and this pandemic that we're dealing with. Sure. There's a lot of people in this boat. We're in the holiday seasons, which also brings out more depression. So a lot of people are going to, you know, hopefully going to see their doctors because, you know, mental health is, is tricky, tricky, tricky to deal with. Sure. And there's 40 million adults that are out there that are really struggling with it. So, you know, if you think there's even a question, reach out to a friend, but more, more than likely go see your doctor. They're, they're there. They're trained to help you. Yeah. So they're going to come up with a diagnosis, which will probably generate a prescription in many cases. And they might even suggest counseling and other tips, some lifestyle changes, getting more active, trying to get a little bit better sleep. So with these two medications, either one, am I on this for life? Is this a lifetime prescription? No, it's kind of interesting because, you know, when these drugs first came out on the market, when this is back, you know, like uh, fluoxetine or Prozac came out in the, I believe, the late 80s, a little bit before my time, but it, mm-hmm. and then basically the searchline followed and then there was Paxil and then there was Celexa and then there was 
Uh, I don't know what, what they are. Yeah, but they're all just you know me too's. But basically, from that standpoint, these medications, when you're starting to use them, we use them to create an effect to try and help to alleviate your symptoms. And so, so it's not a feel good thing. It's not like an opioid where you get the no, bugs. no. It's it's going to take time to actually improve. And you know, when your doctor comes up with this, you know, the original guideline, you're only going to take this for six months. Now we find that people take this indefinitely. So it comes down to you, the patient, mm-hmm. and what your doctor, your clinician decides is ultimately best. Maybe you only need it for 18 months. Maybe you only need it for eight months. Maybe you need it for five years. Maybe you need it for 20 years. So there's not a the set guideline were six to nine months when these drugs were initially invented and, and brought out in the market. But we're finding that when people come off of the medication, sometimes their depression relapses or comes back. So there are some strategies that actually we'll talk about too, and maybe it's time for you to go off the drug and we'll, we'll kind of touch on that as okay. we go through this. So we'll pretend that you came in and I guess today we'll, we'll talk, it doesn't matter if it's fluoxine or sertraline. The points that I make are gonna be pretty much exactly the same because they're side effects and their benefits are generally similar. So, so, so like, how do they work? They go into the nervous system? Yeah, no, brain, actually, yeah. Or? So you take the medication, it absorbs into your body, gets into the blood, and it builds up in your brain. And what it does is it helps to allow, there's a neurotransmitter called serotonin. And so basically... So that's some... It's nerve stuff. Yeah, in and the, most of it's actually in your gut, which is one of the side effect things we'll we'll talk about at that point. But you know, it, it basically bathes these nerves and it allows them to get some more sertraline. And so what that does, it helps to improve mood. You know, oddly enough, exercise can raise uh, certain amounts of of sertraline or serotonin as well. So there's lots of things that certainly do occur from other benefits, and we'll kind of talk about that as we go through this as well. Okay. So, so what you're saying that well, so exercise regularly could improve my mood. Yes, very much so. And it's something that's often overlooked. And a lot of times when people go down this this pathway of depression is, you know, they kind of lose interest in things that they may have enjoyed. And so they just kind of stop and they just shut down. And also they're just kind of sitting in their house and maybe they're just watching TV because they just can't find any excitement or anything that really brings them any type of joy or satisfaction. Sure. And so at that point you visit the doctor. And so this is a lot more in- involved than what I would deal with with the patient. But you know, you, so you get to this point and you say, hey, Chris, I've got this prescription. My doctor just sent it to you. Um, I'm going to take uh, the drug fluoxetine today. And so I'd be like, well, Brad, what did your doctor tell you this is for? Yeah. Did, did you talk to you about it a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He said I should take one, but I can't remember how often and I can't read his handwriting. So okay. if I take one a day or two, I don't. Sure. Yep. Well, the way the doctor designed this prescription is going to give you a, a fluoxetine 20 milligram capsule. It's kind of a normal starting point for a lot of people. And we'd like you to take it first thing in the morning after breakfast. And the, you heard me say first thing in the morning and after breakfast. Those two points are really important. Um, most of the serotonin receptors are in our gut. And so what makes our gut move. And so sometimes for when Stomach. we- Stomach. Yep. Okay. Yep, your stomach. So basically, when and so it's what kind of it kind of makes you feel either nauseous, squeezer can even give you loose stool. So we want to be careful with that. So I want you to eat something first because that slows down stomach transit time. Your gut that wave slows down, so it slows down the absorption, uh, kind of eases the gut. Put that's, the brakes on a little bit. Exactly. We're not. That's not why we're taking the medication. Uh, but that's one of the first things you'll notice in that mm. first week while you start it. So food first in the morning. Now you heard me say in the morning. Most of us experience somewhat of an activating effect from these medications. And I don't want to feel like it's like you had a cup of coffee and it's that spark like you get from a little bit of caffeine. It's just more once the drug starts to kick in, you notice kind of a a more of an alertness. You're, hey, I'm 
you know, I'm going to get up, I'm going to brush my teeth, I'm going to comb my hair, take a shower, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out and I'm going to get on with my day. But this won't happen for about a week or it, so? It, uh, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a gradual buildup, particularly with fluoxetine, Prozac, and sertraline, Zoloft. These drugs take about four weeks to really kick in. Oh. So it's a very gradual process. And a lot of times, many doctors tell patients that, but there's so many things going through your mind when you meet with your doctor. Yeah. Oh, I'm depressed. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? I mean, you, you feel now it's even more despair, and I feel even worse. Sure. So it's, always, you know, it's nice to come and see us, and then we'll spend a little extra time to make sure you understand it. And so we're taking it in the morning and we're taking it with food. Well, one of the side effects that can occur is dizziness and or drowsiness. So that's something that's like, oh, well, I, what's up with that? Yeah. Well, there's about 10% of the people that actually get more tired on either drug, both fluoxetine and sertraline. Mm. So what we suggest instead of, and you heard me say take it in the morning, there's 10% of patients. So one in 10, actually it's better taken into bedtime. So ah. when we just, we make that simple switch from bedtime or in the evening and all of a sudden you sleep through that side effect and you wake oh. up and everything's just a little bit better and again you also heard me briefly say that it takes about four weeks for these drugs starting to work yeah i mean some people will report in about two or three weeks that they start to feel some benefits and interestingly one of the things that seems to stabilize uh with depression specifically is your sleep seems to get a little bit better mm -hmm. many of the chief complaints when people are depressed uh are so much that when they're they're down and low their sleep is they feel like they're sleeping for 12 13 hours a day but not feeling restful they're just tired they're exhausted and all of a sudden you start taking this medication and it gets just a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better so it's, it's going to be very gradual sure. and there's a very important appointment that comes up in about four weeks for most of these patients that are on these medications so in about a month's time you're going to meet back with your doctor. Sometimes they'll do a, a Zoom call or a, even a phone chat, depending upon how COVID has affected the situation. Sure. But you, it's very important to talk to this doctor at this point in time because they're going to ask you, Brad, how are you feeling on this medication? And we hope the answer is, well, you know, I, I st I'm starting to feel a lot better. I'm, I'm more engaged at work. I'm doing a lot more. I really enjoy the patients I'm seeing. I'm, I'm with my videos. I'm, I'm way more effective. I'm way more effusive. I'm just, you know, my things are things are going a lot better for me. Julie, my wife says, you know, things are going well. Sure. I mean, these are things that, you know, sometimes people around you notice before you do even. Mm -hmm. So your doctor's listening for a lot of things that you're saying to them. And they're going to say, okay, well, Brad, I think this, this 20 milligram dose of fluoxetine is really appropriate for you. I'd like to continue this for a few more months. And, you know, maybe we'll, see, we'll touch back in about six months now. But you know, if there's any questions, I'd like you to call me. So you go back to your pharmacy, you get your refill because it seems like it's the right choice. Sure. Now, what if it's the other end, you know, I, my stomach's upset. I'm dizzy all the time. I've, I got a headache. You know, these are side effects that can happen with these medications. Ah. And so, you know, it's one thing. And a lot of these side effects for most people on any of these drugs typically get better in about a week. But sometimes they linger. And sometimes it's just not the right choice for you. Mm -hmm. And so when a doctor meets Brad and, and says, hey, I think you're depressed and I'd like to address that with some medication, you know, they have kind of an empiric thought. But, you know, there's actually some companies out there now that can take a saliva swab and actually tell you that you know, we will look at your DNA and, uh, Brad, you know what, fluoxetine is a great choice for you. When we start with, you know, fluoxetine after we have the, the DNA testing that yeah. shows it's the most appropriate choice for you, or, oh, wow, maybe it should have been sertraline, which was maybe the other drug that we're kind of hitting on in this video. Sure. So there's nuances between the two. And like I said, it's kind of like Coke and Pepsi. They're colas and they're the same. But, you know, the Coke tastes a little bit different than the Pepsi. Personal thing. Yeah, personal choice. Maybe genetics. There's a genetic, there's a genetic component in there sure. that just says your body accepts that molecule and it helps to raise more certainly more effectively than the other one. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we're starting to see, at least, with some of these things that we're unlocking with genetic codes. So the saliva thing, mm -hmm. so they're checking the DNA yep. and they have 
Yep, uh, they uh, send it off. Uh, and, all these statistics that show that. Yeah, basically, it's a, a very fancy company, and they they read the results, and then they kind of spit out the answer. And it's kind of like what you do, like twenty three and Me, or the you know where you're finding out your genetics, your family history, where you came from, what you could be susceptible. So it's the whole nine yards. But they've so done that, that with medicine. That just narrows it down, and probably you're going to be on the. the St- the right yeah, so this way we get the right choice the first time. So not a lot of it's somewhat expensive. Uh, I think it's about three hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and it's only offered to physicians. It's not offered to the lay public at this point in sure. time. Sure. When your doctor uh, with genetic testing, they actually show that this is the right choice right out of the gate. Yep. So it narrows it down. So I do know that at least Mayo Clinic and Lacrosse and their psyche, the psychology or the psychiatric department, they were using this for a time. So I don't know if they've continued with it or not. Sure. But it was some interesting literature with it. So and it, it seems like. It but could, I could ask. The doctor, I've heard about if it's this offered, slide. yeah, and but it, it's not, it's not offered, and a lot of doctors that are pretty in tune. I mean, and the nice thing about these medications is there's so many different ones that ultimately they can make another selection for you that maybe you're, the things that you decided that were affecting you negatively, yeah. and they can come up with another more positive, sure. more effective choice for you. And so the doctor, with their experience and their knowledge, they probably have a pretty. They're gonna probably gonna set you down the right path, but the saliva thing is gonna help. You know, absolutely, sure, absolutely, sure. and so that's yeah. So and again, it's not standard; it's expensive. So it's just something that's more of a sidebar. But if it's offered to you, I would definitely. I think it's worth its weight in gold. Sure. Most insurance companies are not going to pay for a service like that. Yep. So it is about three hundred dollars. So it'd be yeah. something that you know, just to be aware of. It could be an additional cost, yeah. but it might be well worth it. Sure, sure. So moving forward. So we made that appointment. Everything's going, let's say it's going positive. And oh, great, Brad. Well, I think we're going to continue with this medication. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm starting to feel a lot better. Well, that's great. Well, here's your refill, Brad. Do you have any questions that you've noticed about things that have happened to you since you've started this medication? And you can... Yeah. Is there, is there were any red flags that other than... Yeah, I mean, there are some things because, you know, with all drugs, there's risks. Uh, so one thing that exceedingly rare, actually two things that are exceedingly rare, would be like serotonin syndrome, which would be probably brought on by taking other medications with this. Uh, and your pharmacist mm-hmm. and doctor would be looking at your profile to make sure that we're not going to get you into trouble. Uh, most commonly, you see it with the painkiller tramadol. Uh, but it, common is the wrong word because you're talking an infinitesimally small chance for this to occur. Sure. But it's life-threatening. Oh. And so it would be things like, you know, serotonin syndrome, just for the, you know, since we're going to sidebar it. You know, it'd be something that you you get your you feel really hot, 104 degree fever, but yet you didn't have an illness that brought it on. You could have muscle pain, rigidity, sure, twitchy, sure. just kind of not right. You feel agitated, unwell. It's, so you're saying less than one percent. It's less than one percent. Okay, so, so it's, it's something else that uh, we want to be careful with, but it's not something that I would necessarily lose sleep over. But heck, if if you know, all of a sudden you wake up, you know, you're on these combination of these medications that may have triggered it. Yeah, you need to have a conversation with your doctor ASAP or sure, go to the ER. Sure. You know, along that one percent side effect, the other thing is, is a lot of times, you know. Um, Young kids will be prescribed these medications now, although they're maybe off-label, but you'll see, you know, in particular the age for male patients, particularly from 18 to 24, 1% of the time they have suicidal ideation where they think that they yeah. want to actually hurt themselves or actually end it all. So it's a really big deal. And we see it more male patients than we do female patients. So it's something that if, if a parent comes in, let's say they have a 14-year-old or a 16-year-old young male, I'm going to be hey, did your doctor kind of talk to you about the possibility that your son or daughter, and particularly your son, I'm going to talk about it more if it's a son. So you're talking statistically Statistically speaking, speaking that you have a higher risk for suicide in that first seven to 10 days of taking medication. Ooh. And a lot of times when we're depressed, our thinking is not very clear. We just, we just, you know, like 
you can't connect the dots. And also when we get on these medications, everything becomes more linear. You can, everything's just a straight line. It's like, I feel miserable. I'm awful. I'm going to end myself. Mm. And they connect those dots. And it's very tragic. And the medications, for whatever reason, in this small percentage can lead to And if you're male and you're a young man, you know, usually, like I said, 18 to 24 is where we see it most. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that as a pharmacist and, and certainly as a doctor, they're going to hammer that home because even though it's so rare, it's about as serious right. as it gets. Sure. So sure. it's something we want to be real, real careful with. Yep. Yep. Um, the other thing would be pregnancy. So for female patients that are either on sertraline or, or fluoxetine, um, they can be used during pregnancy, but during that last trimester in particular, it can create some issues for the baby. Oh. So in a perfect world, if you could, you know, being deep, if it comes down to being depressed or like, and everything is awful or not being depressed, your doctor may weigh out the benefits sure. versus the risk. And they may tell you to continue to take it throughout the pregnancy. Or they may suggest, well, if you can get off it, we can get through this period of time, and then we can get you started at the end of the pregnancy when mm. the postpartum could kick in yep. to kind of reestablish it. it. It could be conceivably healthier for the baby. Sure. So there's risk and benefit there. So, again, your doctor is going to make a lot of very a serious lot of clinical, conversation between the clinical decisions there that's best for you. Yeah. But it's certainly something you want to disclose to your doctor or you know, yeah. you're pregnant or we're trying to get pregnant. You know, just, just things to be aware of. So just to finish this out with these two meds, you say they're very similar uh, what's the success rate? Are they in general? They're, we talked to some negative things here, yeah. but aren't very common. But yeah, I think if in general they're very successful medications. We have millions and millions of Americans that successfully use these medications, and like I said, some is for shorter periods of time, many is for much longer periods of time. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you firsthand that I know people that use these things that have been on it for years, decades. So it just kind of and, depends. And living a successful life. Yeah, and, and it's actually managing quite well versus not being on it. So yeah. you know, there's still things that you can do with certain foods and certainly exercising that'll certainly go a long way to helping you. And we yep. would encourage that at every step along the way. Sure. So I think that's something that will pay full benefit to it as well. Yep. Um, if, and then there's always the exit strategy. It looks like when is it time to come off of this drug? Well, it's something that we want to taper off of. So you go off of it gradually. You don't just uh, stop taking yep. it. So like in the case of a 20 milligram capsule, you'd maybe drop down to a 10 milligram capsule for two to four weeks. And that happens with the doctor. Yep. And then, yep. The doctor will make that determination and also fluoxetine versus sertraline have different half-lives. So fluoxetine, actually, you can almost stop and it just goes away. Sertraline, not so much. And so one of the things that we look at very importantly is adherence or how people, how consistently people take medications. With a drug like sertraline, um, if you skip a dose, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel weird. You're going to have headaches. You could be agitated. You could just not feel right. Some people describe kind of almost like an electrical sensation of the brain. They call them brain zaps. And so it's certainly something that with these drugs, the key is to use it consistently, yep. to use it about the same time every day. But when you and your doctor decide it's right for you to come off of it, there should be a tapering process. And then we talked about relapse briefly way about 20 minutes ago. But sometimes if we come off of these medications too quickly, depression symptoms can come back pretty rapidly. Yep. But when we do slow, uh, it seems to be less likely to relapse. And also, you know, with lifestyle changes and staying active and staying fit. Getting good rest, a lot of times, maybe it's corrected itself. Sure. So that is a possibility. Well, all right. So I think you've covered pretty much everything from A to Z. And, uh, you know, I feel much more educated on the whole topic. So yeah. So very good. Uh, thank you very much for uh, tuning in on this. And uh, we hope all goes well for you. All right. Stay well. <laughs>